Thanks for checking out the Elevate Student Ministry Podcast. To find out more about us, visit our website at iloveelevate.com. You can also stay up to date with what's going on by finding us on social media platforms like Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat. Please consider subscribing to the podcast and sharing it with your friends. We hope you enjoy this message and it brings you closer to Jesus. All right, guys. Hi. My name is Caleb Bourgeois. I've got my lovely wife over there in the corner, Tiffany Bourgeois, here for support, and my mommy and daddy, of course. All right, so yes, I am the, uh, Tiff and I are both the young adult leaders here at Living Word Church. Um, if you'd like to talk to us about joining um, and becoming a, becoming a part, just find us after. We'll be hanging out. Uh, how many of y'all here are, uh, I, didn't, I didn't see, the graduating seniors? Who do we have? We have one, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, good. We got a good bit of them. All right, so this, this message is written kind of with y'all in mind. But everyone else, don't tune out on me because it also it can also um, apply to your lives as well. So the theme that, of this message is going to be that God is our reference image. Um, I mean, the Word of God is our reference image, and we need to constantly be referencing it to make sure that we're aligned with His Word and with His will. So um, I am the. Um, creative director at Living Word Church. If you've never been there, um, any kind of graphics you'll see on the screen, any kind of um, the testimony videos, my wife and I do the testimony videos, um, and then photographs. Those are like my three major, and then social media and online and all this stuff. But photographs is, takes up a big part of my time. I'll go to an event like Family Fun Day or um, baptisms or um, baby dedications, and I'll come back with a lot of photos. Okay, So I'll start... Um, I have to process them, I have to take care of them, I have to export them, and then publish them, send them to the client or put them online. So I have a lot of photos. Sometimes I come away with 300 or so photos. So when I start photo, when I start editing um, my photos, I find the, the proper edit, the, what, I, what I think it should look like, and then I start editing from there. Now, if I find that edit, and then I just start going through and editing each one, you may have experience with this on, on your phone. You may be editing, and you get to one at the end. When I get to number 300, if I've never referenced that photo, the first one, then I get to 300, and it may look completely different than the first one did. And that's, prob- that's a problem. I want them all to look consistent. So a reference image, what I want to um, establish here at the beginning, a reference image is a photo that you have an edit for, and then you make sure that you're referencing that image every time you go through another photo so that you're not veering off. You're not going off and things are crazy. So uh, show me that first image. So we've got um, uh, baptism photos, guy coming out. Do we have one up there? Did I not put that in there? Here we go. Okay, uh, the one before that. Do we have one before that? That's the good one. Okay, so this photo may come out of the camera looking like this. If um, taking photos, sometimes you know the this, the the lighting is not good, the cor- the color is not good, the temperature is not good. Temperature is either cool or warm, either blue or bluish or orangish. Uh, the temperature, whatever you're taking with digital cameras, you need to make sure that your temperature is accurate. Okay, so this guy right here may come out. When I finish editing, let's see that edit- edited photo. It'll look something like this. Okay, much nicer, right? So if I take that image. I need to make sure I take that image and apply it to the next one. Let's see the next one. 
Uh, the next one is way too bright. Look at that color, that's awful. I mean, if it comes out your camera like that, maybe you should get a little training. Uh, it shouldn't come out your camera like that. But let's apply that other same to that one. Now that looks more realistic and looks accurate. Let's see one more. Um, this one comes out and it's muddy and this is not a great projector. Maybe we should talk to somebody about getting a better, proje better projector. Dominic, you would like that? Kyle? Right, you're right. All right, so let's see the next edit. All right, so that was subtle. Uh, the problem is if you look at the other one too often, you look at it too much, that may seem fine. But when you go back and you look at your reference photo, whoa, it's way off. It's not good. Um, so you need to constantly be um, referencing that image. All right, so we've got three points, points tonight. Point number one is God's word is the true reference image. God's word is the true reference image. Let's look at Psalm 119. It says, I have, I have refused to walk on any evil path so that I may remain obedient to your word. I haven't turned away from your regulations, for you have taught me well. How sweet your words taste to me. They're sweeter than honey. Your commandments give me understanding. No wonder I hate every false way of life. <clears throat> And this is the kicker. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. I've promised it once again, and I promise it, again. I promise it once, and I promise it again. I will obey your righteous regulations. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. It's a lamp that we use as a reference point to constantly guide our way so that we're not going off into all kind of crazy directions. The word of God is that lamp for our feet. <clears throat> so why the word of God? So um, one thing we might forget oftentimes is that God indeed created us. He created us. He created this universe that, like, we're going along our normal lives. We have to do the things we need to do. Not, um, we're not trying to, but oftentimes we forget. God created us. He created everything. He created the, the cells on your arm. He created every tiny hair on your head. He created all of this. So God... When he, so why the word of God? Because God stepped into this world and he established the word of God as his reference image, as his standard. Psalms 113, it says, For the Lord is high above the heavens. His glory is higher than the heavens. Who can be compared with the Lord our God who is enthroned on high? He stoops down to look on heaven and on earth. He lifts the poor from the dust and needy from the, the garbage dump. He stoops down. God had to humble himself he, to come down, to even to look, and especially to become a man. He humbled himself. And I love that last part. Um, he lifts the poor. God, as it's painting this picture of God being this huge, magnificent God, and he humbles himself. He stoops down into the dirt and picks the poor up. He's a merciful, loving, compassionate God. That's beautiful. So um, he has spoken through the prophets, Throughout the thousands of years of human history, he's spoken through the prophets, he has established his word, and he has shown us his character. So the Bible is his revelation to us, and the Bible is his standard for us. So we don't like these rules, we don't like talk of regulations, because our parents got rules, our uh, teachers have rules, our bosses have rules, we got all kind of rules we got to follow, like why another person, you know? We don't like all this talk of reg regulation, but... God invented the game. He gets to make the rules. 
God invented the game. He gets to make the rules. You don't get to make the rules. You need to constantly be referencing that, that rule book. And you have a responsibility to reference it. Let's turn to uh, Psalm 119 again. <clears throat> Sorry. David says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I praise you, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. I have recited aloud in all the regulations you have given us. The whole book of Psalm 119, the, the, that whole psalm is just a beautiful, um, it's a song of, of praise to the, it's um, just talking about how beautiful and how wonderful the word of God is. I recommend, it's very long. I recommend reading it. The whole thing is about the word of God. But he, I have hidden your word in my heart that I won't sin against you. So keep your word in his, keep his word in your heart on a daily basis. You have a lot of opportunities to turn from it. You have a lot of other reference, false references that you could be looking at. Stay in the word of God. So point number one was what? God's word is our true uh, reference image. Point number two is community helps us stay focused on the true reference. True Christian community helps us stay focused on that true reference. Our culture is individualistic. It's, it's very, I can do this on my own, very strong-willed. It's like, even from the beginning, we're like, we went to war to break the bonds of European oppression. Like, we're, we can do this on our own. We're very individualistic. And it has, and it's going down throughout the years. Um, and your lives, your seniors, and everyone here, like, in a few years, your lives are going to be changing. You're going to have more freedom. You're going to have more opportunity, but with that freedom comes more responsibility to make sure that you are staying on that path, referencing the proper image. And Paul talks about this in Colossians 3. He says, let the message about... Sorry, I missed something. All right, so your lives are about to change. Um, and right now you have community. You come to the lighthouse possibly every week, and maybe even your parents forced you to come, but you're still here, and it's, it's healthy for you. It's health, healthy for your spiritual growth and uh, your spiritual strength. But when you're not here anymore, and next year or two years from now or three years from now, you're going to think, I can do this on my own. I'm fine. Um, I can handle it because I've always handled it, right? Because we're very individualistic. But you weren't created to be alone. You weren't created to walk this Christian life alone. You're created to be in community. And Colossians 3 talks about this. It says, let the message about Christ in all its richness. Paul had just finished talking this um, beautiful verses. Colossians is, a, is an excellent book. I love Colossians. It's one of my favorite letters um, written. He, he's, just, he's just been talking about the, the preeminence of Christ and the theology about Christ. And he says, after that, he says, let this message about Christ in all its richness Fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. So our first point was God's word is the reference image. So he's saying, let the message about Christ and all its richness fill your life. Point to that reference. Look at that reference. And then after that, make sure you're in community. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns, spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say... Do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Community 
keeps us consistent so that we are a good representative to the world because the world's looking at us like, okay, you say you're, you've got this God thing down. Are you a good representative of that? Community helps you stay consistent, helps you be a good representative, and community helps us be, uh, remain focused on God's reference. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12 says, Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one falls, the other can reach out and help, but someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm, but how will one stay warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two standing back to back, like like when the Avengers, when they're fighting Thanos and all Oh, everybody knows they fight Thanos. Come on. Like, what's the whole point of it? Anyway, um, three are even better, and a triple braided cord is not easily broken. You ever play tug of war with like this big rope, like this big? And you're like, you got a dozen people on this side, a dozen people on that side, and you're like, Urgh. and you're all pulling, and you got, all, you got 20 people that are trying to pull this thing apart, and it's a triple braided cord, maybe even more. It's hard to break. That's what, that's what Ecclesiastes is saying here. We stay together and we won't be easily broken. So wherever you go, if you go to Timbuktu, if you go to Asia, if you go to Lafayette or Baton Rouge or wherever you're going when you graduate and soon or next year or two years, three years, four years down the line, wherever you go, make sure you find that community. I know that Dominic harps on that a lot. Make sure you find community because you're not meant to be alone. If you're staying here in the Homa Thibodeau area, stick with Living Word Church. Um, we have a, I mean, um, obviously we have church on Sunday mornings, every, every Sunday. Pastor Ben has been doing a great job at, at preaching the word and encouraging us, um, the, the congregation. And as a young adult, Tiff and I, um, every other Friday, starting in June, every other Friday, we meet at our house. We have dinner, we have Bible study, and uh, prayer time. Dinner is delicious. My wife is a great cook. I'm a better cook, but you know, <clears throat> it's true. She, 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 uh, right? Yeah, it's true. See, it's true. Okay. Um, so anyway, we'll, we'll eat a meal. We get to break bread. That's, I mean, you look in the scripture, that's, that's a vital part in community, breaking bread together and being able to eat together. It's just weird how that works. Um, and then we work, we look at the prayer. We look, we look into the word. We look at that, um, at that reference image. We're looking at th- that and applying it to our lives. And then we're praying together. We break up into groups of guys and girls, and we share each other's burdens. We strengthen each other. It's, an, it's important. It's a great ministry. I encourage you. I welcome you as a young adult to join us. Uh, if you need, like I said, you can talk to Tiff and I after. And uh, we can get you in the group. Me, that's how we communicate with each other. So uh, community keeps you accountable and it, to help you correct your life and to keep you focused on that reference. So number one, God's word is... The true reference. Uh, number two, community keeps you focused on that reference. Number three is sin offers false reference images. So we've got that reference image that we're supposed to be looking at. Sin and the culture offers a million other ones. There's a bunch of other ones that the world will offer and that you yourself will offer. Paul writes um, that he, he, there's, there's three enemies you got sin like ourselves, you got the devil, and you got the world. 
You've got all these different things. It's a difficult time as a believer. It's a difficult life to struggle against this sin. So all these different things are um, they're offering false references, um, a false standard. And it's God's standards that has been, oftentimes it's God's standards that have been perverted. Um, and you can look um, all over the place and you'll find those, those references. So uh, moving on with your life, Whatever, life, whatever stage of your life you're in, you have some major decisions to make. There's always going to be an option for you to make uh, big, sinful decisions. Uh, either you know, drunkenness, drugs, fornication, lust, um, stealing, murder. There's all these opportunities. Like You can do all those things. Don't think that you're above any of that. That's why you need to kill your flesh on a daily basis. Don't think you're above doing any of that. So on a side note, if you're engaged in any of that, the fornication, the, the, the lust, the, all these things, these major sins, I, I don't want to call them major sins, uh, they're big because they have different consequences, like murdering someone has a higher consequence than lying to someone, but they're still separating you from God. It's still a sin, an egregious sin against the holy God. Um, so if you're involved in the drunkenness, the drugs, fornication, all these things, one of two things could be happening, either if happening now or in the future, either you're a believer and your conscience is damaged because you strayed so far from that reference image that your conscience is damaged, you no longer feel the, whole, the conviction of the Holy Spirit. If that's the case, repent of your sin and turn to Christ. And he, he offers mercy and grace with open arms. He'll take you back like he, he, stoops, up, he stoops, up, stoops up that sheep, the little sheep, or the, the prodigal son that comes home, he welcomes you back. And the second thing that could be is either, if you, either you're a Christian with a, with a seared conscience, or you're not a Christian at all. And you may have say, said a prayer, but you're not actually a Christian if you have no conscience. It could be the case. And if that's the case, then you need to repent and turn to Christ, because that sin has to be paid for. And you'll pay for it in eternity, in torment, if you don't repent of that sin. So apart from the big decisions to make, there are a lot of small decisions, sinful decisions to make. You've got, um, you know, cheating on a test maybe or, or the lie or, the, or the, the second look or whatever. You've got a bunch of small decisions and only you know what, that, what that's going to look like. The word of God tells us what, what is sinful and you know if you're staying with, that, with the word of God, you know what's going to be Wrong, And those small things are going to keep you straying on a slow path away from, that, from Christ from your, and, and alienating you from God. Um, and oftentimes those small ones can be, um, they can be more dangerous than the big stuff. We've got a ministry at Living Word called A Place of Restoration. And you've got these guys that come in and they're about to start a women's restoration as well. Um, you've got these guys that come in and just have destroyed their lives because they're in this addiction, drugs or alcohol, and they're just, they've, they've ruined their families, they've ruined their jobs, they've ruined their whole life. They come in and they know they need some kind of uh, redemption. They know they need to clean their lives up. And they recognize, of course, my life is messed up. But then you're coming along and you've got just a small sin here and there. You got a hundred small sins throughout a day, a hundred small sins the next day, then a hundred the next day. And then you're like, oh, you know, you don't even recognize it 
because it's a slow, it's a fade, it's a fade away. I'd say that's more dangerous than the big sin, the big sins, the ones that cause immediate, um, immediate consequences. I'd say the small ones are possibly more dangerous than the other ones because you don't even recognize it. You don't even know what's going on. In both sins, the point is both sins will separate you from God. It's just the big ones you recognize that it's happening, and the small ones you don't recognize. Romans 12 says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all that he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person and change the way you think. The culture, the world, we call it culture. It's a soft way of saying the world. The Bible calls it the world but it offers you a million false reference images. And you'll find that everywhere, in your entertainment, in your television, video games, movies, everywhere, they're preaching it hard. They're like, this is the standard. And they're, and they're taking that standard, they're, they're setting it against God's standard. They're like, this is the reference image that you need to be using when you're editing your photos, when you're editing your life. These are, this is the reference you need to be using. And you need to be able to recognize by staying consistent with that reference the true reference image, which is the word of God, you need to recognize that theirs is wrong. And you have that responsibility. Um, it, you have no excuse for it. So don't be conformed to the world. Be transformed. First Peter 5 says, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking, to, looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him. And be strong in your faith. Stand firm against the devil. He is in the world. He is influencing the world. Stand strong against him. And then 1 John 1, as if it's written right after, it says, but if we are living in the light, if we are living according to that reference, as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So when I was in my late teens, I was um, babysitting this little boy, right? Um, his parents were going on a trip, and I was having him over the night. I was living with my parents at the time, and, and I had him over the night. So I went to pick him up at his parents' house, and we um, went to the park. We went to the arcade. We went to all kind of crazy stuff. Spent half the day out and about having fun, right? Finally, it was getting late, so we came home showered up, and then we started playing a board game in my house. So what you need to know about me is that I have a superpower. It's like good. It's like good enough to be an Avenger. Like I have a superpower. It's the, the power of smell. Like I can smell. I have an acute sense of smell. Like if Hawkeye could be on the Avengers because he can like shoot a little bow and arrow, I could be on the Avengers because I got a sense of smell. Sorry for all you Hawkeye lovers. I mean, he's great. He's fun. He's got good charisma and all that stuff. Anyway. So anyway, I have a good sense of smell. So we're playing this board game with this kid, and I'm like, oh, something smells weird in, in my room. So I'm like, 
like smelling around. I'm like, oh, it's that bag. He had asked for a bag to put his clothes in, like a Walmart bag, right? So I opened it. I'm, I'm picking it up. And this, at this time, he's like freaking out. Like, I don't smell anything. He's, he's denying that there's a smell. So I'm like, well, something's up, obviously. So I pick it up and I open it up. Oh, it's like smells like poop, like pretty big amount of poop. And I'm like, oh, what's going on? Dave, I forgot his name, David. His name's David. Uh, David, did you poop your pants? He's like, oh, it turns out, yeah. Poor kid, so embarrassed. Turns out when we're out playing arcades and out at the park, he had indeed pooped his pants, okay? Poor kid, so embarrassing, but he had cleaned up. Everything was great. Um, <clears throat> so I was like, okay, that's fine. We'll just put it in another bag and then put it in another bag, and a third bag maybe. And so I... Um, so then we started playing dodgeball or something. We're like throwing the ball at each other. And then my smelly senses are tingling again. I can smell something. I put it in three bags. It can't be the bag. <gasps> Is it him? So I'm like getting close to him. Do you, did you something happen again? Did you? No, no, no. Like, he's denying. He doesn't smell anything. But it was true. He had pooped his pants again. And at this point, he's like in his jam. He's got his pajama pants on. He doesn't have a shirt on. He's like ready to go to bed. He's like playing dodgeball. It's like great time, you know. But he had pooped his pants again since he got home, since he showered. I'm like, oh. And you wouldn't tell me this? You would just like go to bed? Like, yeah, I'm going to sleep in my poop. Like, you wouldn't tell me this? And so I'm like, oh, David. Like, you, you can't. You got to. Yeah. I would say so. And he's, he, but he's, re, he's denying that he pooped. But I can smell it. Remember the superpower? I have a superpower. I can smell the poop. And so, uh, but he's denying it. So I'm fine. Okay. Just poor kid. I mean, poor kid. Take, show me the pants. So he like takes the pants off and he shows them to me. And I can see a little brown streak where his bottom would be. He had pooped his pants. I'm like, okay, you're not sleeping in these pants. Yes, I am. I need these pants. These are my favorite pajama pants ever. I'm like, you're not sleeping in these pants. No, I love these pants. I need to, I need these pants. And he rubs them all over his little torso. Oh, I need my poop. He's denying the poop, but he's rubbing it on himself. He just needs these pants. Oh, your favorite pants, and you're not sleeping. I'm so, oh. Okay, so I finally ended. I finally got him to, sh to bathe again. I put it in another couple of bags. <sighs> Whew. So then I was thinking about it. I mean, I think that story could have a lot of meanings. But for this, what's, the, what's your pants? You know, like, pants are great. Like, who doesn't love pants? Okay, almost everybody loves pants. I, I prefer shorts. I almost wore shorts tonight. I've been like, yeah, I wear pants, whatever. So, uh, pants are great. They cover up our body. They used to be like um, fig leaves that we had to wear when we were in ancient days. We had to wear fig leaves and, and pig skin or whatever. Now we get to, like, put on jeans and we got clothes. It's great. Pants are awesome until you poop your pants. Right? Like, pants are great. Okay, so what's your pants? I'll tell you what your pants are. Your pants are your video games and your food and your sports and watching football, all these things. These are good things. There's nothing inherently wrong with watching football. There's nothing inherently wrong with exercising or reading. But you poop your pants when you turn them into an idol. These pants become soiled and disgusting, and you're holding on to them, rubbing them on your body, and God's like, you got to give me these pants because you just soiled your pants. Yeah, I think I get it. 
That is good. So the, the, the pants in your life are the good things that God has blessed us with. We can enjoy that. Exercise is great. Reading is awesome. Reading is better than exercising. I like reading better than exercising. I don't like to exercise. Uh, sports are great. All these things are good, but you ruin them whenever you make them into an idol um, to, to over Christ, over God. And, and the problem is when you make it that idol, it, you look at, you're looking at it rather than that reference image. And, it, and, it's, and it's leading you astray. It was good because you used to be able to worship God through doing that. If you're an awesome football player, you can worship God by playing football. You can worship God by reading. You worship God by doing all these things because they're all glorifying to God until they become an idol. And then it's straying you away. And they're slow. You, most of the time, they're slow. They stray you away from that reference image. Now... All right, so throughout this story that I've been telling, telling you, um, you may not have noticed something has been changing. Um, and most people don't notice small changes. So if you look at that graphic, what's up with that graphic? Does anybody know what's wrong with it? Does it look brownish? Or war it's too warm, look at them. It's too warm. Isaac, show us the original. Whoa, go back. Do that again. This is what it looked like at the end of the story just now. Did you notice that? Before I showed it out, before I pointed it out? A few of y'all did, but if most of y'all didn't. Look at the, go back and forth. Show them halfway, show them right down the line. That is drastic. And you may have not seen that drastic change because it took four minutes for it to change from it being right to it being not right, to it being soiled, to it being gross. So that reference image that you're looking at, your life that you're, that you're living, if you're not constantly looking at that reference image, it will turn sour. It will turn too warm. It'll turn sinful. If you're not watching that, if you, without that reference image, you won't notice a change in your own life. Without looking at that reference image of God's word, the true reference image, you won't notice that change in your life. So a year from now, five years from now, 10, 20, 30 years from now, you don't have to think about because you're, you're teenagers and young and live forever, YOLO, all that, all that junk. But in 30 years, you will, if, you, if the good Lord allows you to live for 30 years, if you're not referencing, constantly referencing that photo, you, your life will look disgusting like this. And you'll be waddling in this gross pants, these soiled pants, and you're holding on to them. And God's like, give me the pants. Let me clean you up. I'll be like, no, I need them. I want them. I have to have them. And you'll be full of sin. And you wouldn't even recognize it. So I want to pray for you right now. Can we stand? I want to pray for you. Paul writes the letter to the Colossians. Again, I encourage you to read that letter. It's short. It's, I think, four chapters, five chapters. Um, it's, it's, a great ver it's a great book. And so at the beginning, um, he's talking about, he's got a lot of affection for these Colossian Christians. 
he's talking about this, the believers. He, he hears about their faith. And in response to hearing about their faith, he prays this prayer. Let's put this prayer up, and I want you to watch it while I'll pray over you. I want to pray this prayer over you. So, we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. And then you will live. And then, uh, then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord. And your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. All the while, you will grow and learn I pray this over you. I pray, Lord, that you will strengthen. That, I pray, Lord, that, um, that you would strengthen them, Lord, and I pray that they would be strengthened with all your glorious power. I pray that you would have the, uh, all the endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in light. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us in the kingdom of his dear son who purchased us and forgave our sins. Let's bow our heads. Lord, I pray that you would fill us with your knowledge. Fill us with your wisdom. May we walk according to your word. May we walk fully pleasing to you. And that we would live our lives worthy of the calling that we've been called. I pray that you would cleanse our lives, convict us of sin. Pray for these seniors, Lord. I pray for these um, other students as they as they move on to the next part of their lives. Lord, give them, guide them with every step they take. Pray that they would hold your word close as they as a light to their path as they walk down the path. Lord, continuously correct them, Lord. With all your heads bowed, I want you to think about. I know it's humorous. Think about those pants. Think about the, the small things in your life that are likely to lead you away from Christ, to, to likely to cause you to look at that more than you look at his reference image, his true reference image, the word of God, the gospel, which has a power unto salvation. Think about that. Let me give you just a minute to think about it. is that small thing we're going to pray that the Lord breaks that and that he gives us the strength to break it Lord help us help us to cleanse our lives help us to see your reference image help us to look at it and stay focused on it Lord convict us of this sin Lord that we would clean that you would clean up our lives Lord that you would strengthen us Almighty Lord, we thank you for this night. Thank you for these students, Lord. We pray that you would work in their lives, whatever stage of life they're in. Pray that you would be with them. In Jesus' name, amen.